can't relax. A Glisten Plus production. Episode 8, No Escape. I was running for my life. Blurry mental photographs of Calum slitting Sunday's throat flashed in my mind with every step. I had left the examination room and was halfway toward the stairs before Calum came out, still holding the garden shears. I took the stairs two at a time. My feet and knees were weak with exhaustion. These past few days, I had run barefoot through the woods, fallen 10 feet into an empty pool, and thrown a 200-pound man out a window. My legs were tired. My arms were tired. My whole being wanted to hibernate for the winter to recover from the trauma. Ahead, I could see the door we had come in through. I was moving for it. Then a thought darted through my brain. Caitlin was a cross-country champ. He ran every day. And out that door was a parking lot and tennis courts and baseball fields and nowhere to hide. He'd see me before I made it to the edge of the campus. Going out that door was a death sentence. The swim team was still in the pool. At the parking lot door, rather than go out, I took a sharp left toward the indoor swimming pool. I moved quickly and quietly, staying close to the lockers. In the reflection of the school trophy case, I could see Caleb run down the hallway and out the door to the parking lot. It would only be a minute or so before he realized what I had done. I ran for the pair of doors leading to the swimming pool. The smell of chlorine and mildew hung in the air. Nearing the glass door, I could hear the coach barking orders and the steady splashing of water. My fingers wrapped around the handle of the door and tugged. No! It was locked. I pulled on the handle of the other door. Help! Someone open the door! I banged my fist against the door, but no one was coming. Hello, please, someone! I heard a door opening and closing. Not from the swimming pool area, but rather from down the hall. Could it be Caleb? Had he already figured out that I was still in the school? I tiptoed a few yards back in the direction that I had come from and peeked around the corner. Kaylin was standing there. Oh God. I couldn't shout for help again or bang on the doors. I knew that would get his attention. I just needed to get out as fast as possible. Turning back, I moved swiftly, silently past the doors of the indoor swimming pool. He was heading in this direction. I had to get out of school now. I moved to the emergency exit door next to the wrestling rooms. As quietly as I could, I pressed on the silver bar. It opened. I pushed it open gently, exited, and then slowly closed it. I was near the service docks, next to the dumpsters. The smell of a thousand trash lunches was enough to make me ill. But there was a way better reason to get the hell out of there. The police station was just ten blocks or so away. And there would be stores and gas stations and people even closer. I ran around the corner of the school and stopped in my tracks. Caleb was there. He was outside already. How had he gotten there so fast? But 
He hadn't seen me yet. I turned back to run in the other direction, into the woods. It was bumpy and uneven ground, but these woods led all the way back along the river to Beacon Slope, my neighborhood, and my house. I pulled out my phone. I would call the police and have them meet me at my house, tell them I was being chased by a murderer. My fingerprint unlocked my phone. The Peace and Mind app was still on. The cool blue screen with the gently pulsing sphere at the center. I tried to close the app to get the phone to function, but Peace and Mind wouldn't close. I tapped on it again. Still, it wouldn't close. And then it started to speak. You need to let the stress that you are feeling dissolve away in the waters of calm. Appreciate the world around you. Slow yourself. Without realizing what I was doing, my feet started to lessen their pace. Give in to the joy of calm. Let your body drop to the ground and be one with the earth. What am I doing? Deep, peaceful breaths. My knee bent and my free hand touched the ground. Ignore the world around you. I looked out to see Caleb moving through the woods, coming toward me. Why was I lying on the ground? What the fuck? I looked down at my phone in my hand and then chucked it as far as I could into the woods. I jumped back to my feet and sprinted. I had to move, even faster now. Caleb ran cross country in the fall and sprinted in the spring. I ran alongside the river, my feet dodging the exposed branches and twisted roots hidden under the dead leaves. Anya, you can't stop the tide. The rain will fall, whether you like it or not. I looked over my shoulder to see that Caleb had come to a stop, his hands cupped around his mouth to magnify his voice, or rather, the voice that was now inside him. The end is the only certainty. Let me bring it to you faster. I blocked his words from my head and kept running. Ahead I could see my house next to the row of other houses. I couldn't take the chance of going to any other house and finding that no one was home. I pulled my keys from my pocket and clenched my fingers around them. I could see the back door of my house. It was not so far now. A quick glance to the woods confirmed my worst suspicions. Caitlin was making up ground fast. Each stride was double the length of mine. With the door locked behind me, I ran from the kitchen to the living room. Thank God my mom was still living in the 1990s. Right next to the television, we still had a landline. A regular old cordless phone that needed to be plugged into the wall. Mom had wanted to keep it for emergencies. I told her she was wasting money since the only calls we ever got on it were telemarketers. In fact, I think I had never dialed it once in my life. I grabbed the phone and called 911. 911. There's someone trying to kill me! 
Are they in your house? <laughs> They're bringing in now! Don't hang up the phone. Leave it off the hook. They're on the way. Is there a room with a lock? Go and hide there now. Caitlin was in the house. I could see his shadow moving in the next room. Silently, I started to move for the steps with the cordless phone in my hand. Are you still there? Caleb had heard the operator's voice from the phone. He was coming around the corner. Are you in trouble? Caleb ran in the direction of the voice with shears overhead. Hello? He stabbed down into the couch. But not into me. I had tossed the cordless phone onto the couch before he came in, as a decoy. It would distract Caleb for only a moment, but it was enough time to get to the top of the stairs. I ran from my room and slammed the door behind me. My mom and dad had never believed in locks, so they hadn't put them on my door, or my brother's, or even the bathroom door. I tried to pull the bed frame across the room, but it was too heavy. A chair under the door handle wouldn't hold Caleb back. And I didn't have time to move my desk. I opened my closet door and reached into the back. Behind my snow boots and art supplies, I pulled the bloody axe out of the Hello Kitty towel and let it dangle behind my leg. Caleb kicked my bedroom door open. No anger on his face. Just an unsettling calm. His lips parted. With each beat of your heart, let the world fall away. Caleb lifted the garden shears so that the tips were pointed toward me. Embrace the joy. He lunged for me. Embrace this! The axe made contact with Caleb's abdomen. Caleb looked down at the axe sticking out of him and crumpled to the ground. I backed away, certain he would get up again. But he didn't. Blood spread in a circle around his body, soaking his jeans and his size ten and a half sneakers. With my back against the tree, I stared into the branches where the sparrows flitted from limb to limb, building a nest. Then I looked beyond at the early spring blue sky. Puffy clouds drifted slowly across it, bringing rain to a distant town. From across the lawn, a voice called out to me. There you are! Seventh period went a couple minutes long. Mrs. Gomez was giving back our lab projects. I got a B plus. How did you do? B minus. I guess it wasn't either of our finest. In 10 years, do you think we'll care what we got on a high school science project? Will we even remember next year? Yeah, summer pretty much erases everything from my mind. Hopefully. Of course, there would be parts of this year that I would never forget, no matter how hard I tried. Marie had been lucky. After 60 stitches and two surgeries, she was back to normal. As for Sunday and Calum, No amount of medical magic could have saved them. Are you ready for the history test tomorrow? I looked over my notes. I'll probably do fine. I still haven't reread the chapter on the New Deal. You up for Boba? Now? Yeah, now. 
I don't know. I, I really should... Get Boba. Great. As long as you don't smack it out of my hand. You've got a deal. I stood up from the tree and tossed my nearly empty backpack over my shoulder. I took a deep breath as we walked off campus toward Boba World. So how did it go with Leah last night? I ended it. Officially. You ended it? Yeah. And it feels so good. I'm not dating anyone who plays mind games. Seriously. I believe you. I really do. Can't Relax. Starring Penny Epstein as Aunt... You know this place. You've been here before. Look out as the dark gray waves roll into shore. Can you feel your mind clearing? Listening to every word I say? You have a new goal, a new purpose in life. And it's so simple. All you need to do is follow the very clear instructions I give you. Can you do that? Of course you can. With your next breath, you will go into a deep, waking sleep. Can't Relax. Starring Penny Epstein as Anya, Olivia Trujillo as Marie, Andre Robinson as Caleb, Patrick Laberto as The Voice. Written and directed by Adam J. Epstein. Executive produced by Sheila Stepanek and Adam J. Epstein. Edited and mixed by Christopher Sousa. Additional voices by Paula Lisby, Steve Ulrich, Brian Stepanek, Lila Butler, Adam Epstein, Jane Sylvia, Michael Nering, Sheila Stepanek, Suzanne Hesseloff. Music by Budakid. Graphic design by Dave Kogan. Can Relax is a Glisten Plus production. <laughs>